Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast, episode 93, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. I'm a bit busy here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just blowing everyone's eardrums out. And it's Tom. It does um, impress me. It does impress me that um, you actually play that theme so- song live in the studio every week. It, yeah. It's flawless. flawless. I mean, it always sounds the same. Yeah, play it on my flute. And even the way you imitate that woman's voice at the start. Yeah. Well, I'm famously female. <laughs> Tonette Famous, yeah famously feminine with my imitations yeah Tonya Tonya yeah <laughs> well Tony's actually a female name too so no go figure and yeah. Antonio Antonia <laughs> Anthony does it normally have a question mark at the end of it Anthony <laughs> um good week uh yeah we're Friday we've done it another week we made it under the belt we made it you guys to another Friday um chilly how cold um well i must admit i thought today was going to be balm balmy for a, a winter's day but it wasn't um uh, which means that you know this this studio is stifling in the summer um let's just remember that it won't be too long until it's absolutely stifling back in this room so that's good let's enjoy it while we can <laughs> that's a good point yeah um no need for deodorant today no, actually, the chance uh, of sweating. I don't think I put any on the pre-show. <laughs> um, I, I, ma- I put some man fume on uh, this morning, but it's been, uh, what, like 10 hours since I put that on, so maybe started into a little bit funky in here. Uh, we have both been doing our homework on um, some paranormal this week, mm. um, casually. Sorry, i got a beard itch. <laughs> just, give me, just give me a minute. Can we not? That's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> um we've both been dabbling in the netflix yeah dabbling in robert's story bob lazar yeah it's been pretty good it has been pretty good and so we listened to another podcast yeah listen to the joe rogan podcast experience about the with the same dude on it bob lazar so we'll have a have a yarn about that one in a little little bit here's a tesla by the way he does he does yeah yeah he drives it in la traffic to the doctor's her doctor's appointment yeah yeah i learned that <laughs> he's really amazed by bluetooth you listen to a, like an hour and he's 50 like, minute podcast and what you come away with it he's with like a, i got with this a podcast like i got it out of the fucking ear and it's like, <laughs> yeah because it's like a cell tower over there Rogan. that's how you're getting that yeah so you listen to an hour and 50 minutes of um a podcast with a dude who worked in area 51 on foreign technologies out of from out of this world and the thing you took away from it was joe rogan has no, a tesla I was surprised. and can download a i was podcast. surprised how joe rogan was like i've i've got a tesla and can download a podcast i'm like we're talking about like alien technology here joe <laughs> what the heck all the cats going behind the bookcase that's really weird it's one of those ones where you didn't you wouldn't think the cat could fit through there no gets, and it just squeezed through it doing in there <laughs> anyway anyway uh yeah so yeah i, I was I almost sort of felt like, you know, when you are trying not to brag about something you have, but you end up, you know, kind of sounding like, it's oh. like, oh yeah, you know, I drive a Tesla and it's like, I've got like an you know, autopilot control, how do they touch a steering wheel? You know, I got to, like, I listen to podcasts. It's like, Joe. Humble brag. That's what it's called. Humble brag. Yeah. But then, um, you're, you're kind of uh, renowned around town for your humble brags. Mm, thank you. You have many leather bound books. Yeah. Like at this book court case. <laughs> Actually, that cat's pretty cute right there. You've been talking about how cute your baby is, but look how cute that cat is right there. Yeah, that's well, yeah. It's like, it's like being a book. Is it the same thing? It's being a book <laughs> Um, Again, it's uh, an audio medium. We don't necessarily... Like, there could be no cat. People wouldn't know. No, no. There could be no cat. Oh, let's see if you can hear him. Don't, don't move the thing. Yeah, that was the cat. Yeah, he just breathed in the mic. <laughs> but again, it could be no cat. It could cat. have been me going. <laughs> <laughs> How would you know? It could literally be no cat. Yeah, well, I've actually got a, another um, terribly... There you go, here the cat in the scratching post now. Well, it could be anything. could be anything. could be me grating carrots or something. It's a... 
Yeah, because we've talked about this. You don't cook. No. We know, we know based on your conversation with the gas man how you don't cook. That's what I feel. Yeah, I tell Phil that. <laughs> yeah. So, so far with the gas, by the way, I've gone through two gas bottles. Now, okay. Phil told me about this. He warned me that I was going <laughs> to charge you the gas bottles. So, the smell's gone. Which yeah. Which is good. But I've been charging through, I've charged you through gas bottles now, so. Mm. Is that more than usual? Do people, why does gas do people get, care? Why does gas get really cold? Like the other night, it had frozen to the stone paver that it was sitting on. So I tried to lift it to see how much gas was in it. And I lifted it and was like, oh, it's still really heavy. There's tons of gas. And I walked out later on and I was like, I'll have a wee check again. I was like, oh, it's still really heavy. I was like, no, wait a minute. This is frozen to the paver. Really? Yeah. Wow. Phil had warned me about the gas freezing. Yeah. I don't know why. It's, that was the spud problem. Wouldn't that was the spud problem. He was worried about the spuds. The gas would freeze. And, <laughs> wouldn't, I, and I wouldn't be able to cook the spuds. Wouldn't the gas then be a solid and therefore not gas? That's what I was thinking. Does it happen on Jupiter? Does it occasionally get solid? And then, yeah. like, drop? Drop to the Cats ground? Cats back in the again. <laughs> um, well, anyway. it's kind of like if you pick up a can of deodorant, it's always cold, right? It's one of one of the modern one marvels of, of the mysteries. one of the modern marvels of the modern world. Well, actually, I was going to say, but going back to the uh, the video, uh, sorry, the audio medium and having videos. This mm. is where, um, yeah, having where podcasts, I guess, they don't succeed. What? Uh, when you have things to show that are videos. Why are you showing me something? I'm going to show you a video. Why? Uh, it sums up my week a little bit. Can you not? I know what it is. Here's a bombshell for you. you I know it? what this is. Do you see it? But how did I see it is the real amazing thing. So you tell me, you tell me, um, you go ahead with your story. You saw it on Instagram? I didn't see it on Instagram. You tell me your story and then at the end I'll tell you where I found out about it. And take me to Wednesday at 12.23pm. A good day to receive a parcel. Good day to receive a parcel. (laughs) I was in Auckland. So hundreds of kilometers away. Buying things online. Buying things online and... Um, Getting them delivered to your house. Underwear. We need underwear. It's a pra- Was it actually underwear? Yeah. Okay. It's a practical... I'm jumping the gun here, but I know what's happened. Go. It's a practical um, practical accessory. We all need it. You yeah. wear it. You're wearing it right now, aren't you? Yeah. Describe yours. No. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> On with your story. Anyway, um, the underwear I'm currently wearing is also from ASOS. So ASOS, great source of underwear. Um, had it delivered the previous week. Uh, yeah, got off the doorstep. All good. This time, though, uh, not so lucky. Uh, it was woman's underwear. <laughs> woman's underwear. <laughs> if, if, I mean, that would at least I would have received it. Um, so the courier, bless him, dropped it off. Yep. About 9.40 that morning. Yep. By 12.30, it had been stolen. Oh. And you know this because? Uh, I have video surveillance. Yep. So, uh, looking at the camera, uh, sitting in Auckland at the office, like, oh, moving to the front door. Let's see what this is. And you've got some fucking bozo. Brilliant. Scumbag asshole walks up the driveway, <gasps> picks up the uh, package. We could put this on... We could put this up as the like uh, the image for the episode. Yeah, we could. <laughs> let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. This guy deserves it. Yeah, let's name and shame him, but we can't name him. We'll we can shame, shame him. him. Yeah. yeah. So he picks up the underwear package and walks away. <laughs> Not knowing it's underwear, obviously. Not knowing it's underwear. He just saw a package I and hope, went for it. I hope his balls are really uncomfortable. And, mm. Yeah. I hope they're too small for him. Yeah. Well, no. no, actually, no I, hope I hope they're too, really yeah, too big. Yeah. I hope they're way hope too the big for him. Medium Ted Baker underwear are too big for him. <laughs> so I hope, hope they scratch his scrotum. Oh, you only wear medium. Weird. It tells me a lot about you. Oh, well, the medium on the waist. XXXXXL. Uh, <laughs> and the packaging. Yeah, and the packaging. Yeah. 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 Oh, that sucks. So, underwear gone. How do you know about this? Um, more. Oh, there's more. Um, do you leave instructions for a courier to put them somewhere else, or because uh, like, it's quite visible from the road? No, well, I just would have thought common sense would have applied that if you just tuck it round beside by the garage, you wouldn't see it. But yeah, no, they don't do it. They, just, they put it at the door. At the door, it's really visible from the street. I just like I struggle with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like if I was a courier, but like I'm not going to leave it here because people might see it. And there's just been all these stories in the news around people stealing lots of courier packages. So is there? Yeah. Where do you get your news that they're reporting on that? Um, it's on, like, the local Christchurch press have been reporting yeah. on it. Been oh, on, oh, like the news. There's like, the it's been on, like, oh, like... But no, if you, it was a story I read it on the Facebook. Oh. That's where it was. And, like, 
it's, it's got to the point where like scumbag assholes will f- follow courier vans around seriously yeah and like as soon as a courier goes in they'll rush in steal the package and leave oh my god like that's what it's got to i heard something somewhere where people are looking up when a funeral is on and finding the dead person or dead person's family's address and then robbing their house while the funeral's on. Jesus Christ. Does it get any lower than that? That's pretty low. I mean, you got your undies stolen, but that's next level, I would have thought. Although... These, these were like $28 down from like 80 so it's yeah. a really good deal. So and, if you think about it... And if you yeah. rob a dead person's house, it's not like they're using it. Yeah, it's probably doing the family a favour. <laughs> Dispose of all the, the assets of the dead person. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It'd be funny if you found out it was the Salvation Army just coming in early. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what they're doing, yeah. Maybe, Cleaning yeah. out all the good stuff first. They're sick of getting all the leftovers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like organs and whatnot. I mean, like, organs you play, not organs from your body. Are you talking about that time we got an organ from the Salvation I'm Army? I'm talking about the time we moved into a flat and one of our friends got us a full organ for, for a housewarming <laughs> present. The truck turned up, had an organ in there. <laughs> We didn't want it. No. It was massive. It was really awkward when we tried to move out. It was the size of a piano. What did we do when we moved out of that place with that organ? Did we donate it back to the Salvation Army? I Is don't it remember. still in there? <laughs> it may well that still be there. That place has been re-roofed, so you know. Has it? Yeah, drove past the other day. Re-roofed. I, I noticed the lady who was quite old when we were She was there. 89 in like 2005. Yeah, so she used to put her Crusaders flags out when they were playing... Uh, Crusaders game and but insensitive and now you um, <laughs> which is the local rugby team yeah. and now you don't see those flags out anymore on Crusaders days so it's a really uplifting show today we've got theft we got people robbing dead people's houses and we've got potentially dead old ladies yeah um, do, you know, do you remember her name? Pat? Peggy Peggy Margaret <laughs> you remember it <clears throat> Do you remember it because you were busy robbing her house not long ago? <laughs> Do you remember she bought us Easter like eggs one year and we, we panicked because we hadn't got Easter eggs for her? And we <laughs> hadn't got her, had to rush down and get an Easter present? I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> She's dead, isn't she? Is she? <laughs> um, yeah, she is. <laughs> uh, so the reason I know your undies were stolen... Was because I drove past and got someone to steal them. No, that's not it. <laughs> um, the reason I knew your undies were stolen. Well, I didn't know they were yours. It was someone who lives in this house. Maybe not yours. Maybe yours. Um, was that my sister showed me a picture of um, said undies being stolen. What? Which um, she had found because she f- there was somebody at your partner's work with a decent social media following yeah there is that's right and yeah. she had seen it on there yeah yeah and uh so it, there is and like she's quite a she's, she's an influencer yeah. yeah yeah so my sister found it through someone at your partner's works so how did Instagram. your sister know that it was so she knows your partner's name obviously yeah and in the social media person influences uh, stories occasionally is like the back of his head or <laughs> or um the or his uh instagram handle i guess and so uh, my sister knew his name and pointed it out but yeah um when the influencer said my friends got their package stolen from um from this area in christchurch uh she messaged me and said is this at to- is this at anthony's house and and um, what size undies does he wear? So <laughs> As you would. I said small. <laughs> As you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so kind of weird, right? There's a little link through there. <clears throat> you have to good. talk back. You're silently on your phone. Yeah, I just um, <laughs> <laughs> just think how we what what the best uh, angle was to show this this prick. Oh, we could probably figure that out yeah. when we're not recording. No, no. <laughs> I just wonder where he came from. Like, is he is he local? Is he just walking through? Or I reckon um, set up a sting. Get a curry. Get another lot of undies from the same place delivered, and then um, get a bunch of bikies in a van to wait outside 
until this low life follows the courier to your door. What are the bikers going to do with their bikes if they're in a van? Um, you must steal their bikes. <laughs> <laughs> like I was thinking, like I, I after this incident, I ordered two more security cameras. Oh, really? Because the first security camera was yeah. so useful. It really helped. really did a great job. Um, do you think it's too subtle? Like, you can't see it? Well, that's or do you think they maybe saw it from a distance and came in at an angle where well, they weren't going to get so seen? So there's going to be another camera that's going to go on the other side so that you don't see it. Mm. So that it's going to be by the garage door. So when you walk up, you might see that camera. And this person kind of looks down and you only see sort of half their face. Yeah. Um, I don't think he saw it at all, though. Yeah. I don't think he... I think he only saw the package and went for it. Because most people don't see the camera when they go to the front door. Like yeah. They see it on the footage that people don't see it. So... He sort of bent down, and there's going to be one sort of in the other corner. So as he would have turned around, it would have got him. But still, the camera doesn't stop it, and doesn't stop like, it. No. E- even though we've got footage, even if it was clear footage, like what do you do with it? So the police, this is the person, and they're like, we don't know who that is. Yeah, and how much were your undies? Yeah, twenty eight dollars. <laughs> even if it was someone, else, something else that was stolen, they still for some reason yeah. ask your undie size. But- yeah they do yeah and like okay that's what sort of a police officer are you yeah, and like, then is, they, is that the waist or is that in the bulge <laughs> like and then next thing they rip their pants off with the velcro down the sides and they're yeah. not a police officer at all no <laughs> and it's just a wonderful birthday gift you've given me yeah. um yes i've ordered two more cameras. officer good times <laughs> <laughs> so i thought it'd be ironic if the cameras i'd ordered to protect against theft were delivered on the front doorstep from amazon and then ended up getting stolen that would be really good um so i've ordered them to work <sighs> you should just get everything ordered to work and then you don't need cameras at all well yeah exactly <laughs> but like i had um i mean because i'm away a lot sometimes like i won't be in the office i have to go back in and mm. I, now it's just like i'm gonna go to work so that's right. it done next door neighbor i warned the next door neighbor i sent him the footage and i was like just be wary and he was like i saw it sitting there i was like why didn't you pick it up well because it's weird i know it why is would weird. he pick up your mail for well, you I then i realized it's actually a bit weird he's picking up my underwear he didn't yeah he wouldn't have known that it was going to get stolen but then, he went, but then he went weirder he was like get all your packages delivered to my house i was like now that's weird and he can deliver to the yeah, deliver them deliver already the, open yeah uh, why are my undies out of their packaging uh what's the stain (laughs) oh very good when you get new underwear do you wash it first before you wear it yes i think so good good for you 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 should okay (laughs) thank you thanks is it to me or is it to everyone me you everyone (laughs) um any other excitement this week uh no i think that was the highlight well low light well (laughs) The main thing to talk about you though let's, let's, let's make this more about you what this week why uh i'm sure you've got things to share you've got you've got tales nah yeah yeah if we're looking at minutiae again i have a thing that really peeved me okay is this this is this isn't fast food related or fast food why oh because you ordered from the was it the bakery that's right the bakery uh that you went to what are you talking about the last episode when you went to the bakery or and you went to the fish and chip shop and they had it in the bakery had an issue with you going to the fish and chip shop yeah no (laughs) no this is um this is an unrelated one okay but maybe more annoying oh okay i don't know maybe not more annoying (laughs) I'll let you judge. Let okay. me just find my notes let here because I made some notes. The judge of this. So, one thing. Oh, it's even painful to talk about. One thing that really annoys me in public: uh, those people who talk so loud that you know their conversation mm-hmm. isn't for them. You know what I mean? It's so that other people hear, so that there's a reaction, so that people look at this person. Right. And I was at um, a shop the other week. Uh, the warehouse, which is kind of like a Kmart or a Walmart or... Oh, yeah, your old employer. You were there 15 years? No. Five? Five. <laughs> Part-time? Um, <laughs> and Garden centre? What does the like UK have that's not Kmart, Walmart, Target? Do they have any of those? Um, you never hear of Brits saying that sort of stuff. There must be a store. You hear them talk about, like, Sainsbury's and tesco's but those are supermarkets not yeah. department stores 
They have um, Harrods. Is that the same? <laughs> yeah, let's go with Harrods. Yeah. I'm sure they have a garden center with so someone drives a forklift around and get Harrods. Yeah, so it's in the New Zealand version of Harrods. Which is the warehouse. <laughs> um, and there's this, this booming voice. Like, we're down one of the aisles. Um, my wife and I were down one of the aisles just looking at stuff on the shelf. And you know how you hear a loud talker in the next aisle? And you're like, that person's talking really loud. I'm getting to that cranky older um, stage where I'll blatantly say something to my wife like, yeah, because we all need to know that. Like saying Good it just you. slightly too good. loud because yeah, yeah. it I'm really annoys me. Yeah, I'm not... and what do you care? Yeah, right? Yeah. So um, we get to the end of our aisle and I look down the next aisle to see who this culprit is and they're not there. They're about four aisles over. Holy shit. <laughs> really? Yeah. They're on the phone to someone and just just a booming like who's the guy off of um off of <laughs> Brian Blessed type voice. <laughs> you know Brian Blessed? I don't I don't know Brian Blessed. Yeah, he was in like Blackadder and he's got a real booming voice. Right, anyway. Right. Uh if you remember he's on a two degrees ad saying, Yes, Biggie. Like, uh, no biggie, that kind of thing uh, anyway real booming voice um and everything sounds just way louder than it has to be so here's a few of the facts that i managed to garner from this, this guy's this, com- guess, this guy's conversation so it's a male Is it's a right? male a, a booming male booming male wearing it was very overweight dangerously overweight just overweight like wearing a singlet and oh, that's not. I mean, that's not really the most flattering out. And like track pants, and then socks and jandals. Was this in Hornby? This was in Rolleston. Oh. I think it was in Rolleston. Um, yeah, socks and jandals always a good God, touch. It, Thongs, flip flops, whatever. This guy sounds like he's like like a, 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 this oh. like candidate for a, a queer eye makeover sort of thing. Like to to paint the picture, this is what I found out about this phone call after i was annoyed enough to start writing it down you know like i'd listened for a while then i started writing it down because i'm like people need to know about this how long would this have gone on for um minutes like five to ten it was not good and we weren't purposely following him around it was just it was just it was the state of this thing like, like i saw a video on something similar recently like this is, i think it was the states where like, there's this uh person i follow who does lots of flying trip reports big big fan big fan of that here big fan of that here right and it's like in a united club and you can hear this guy having this conversation it's the same sort of thing just he is he is a a business professional and he thinks his business should be everyone's business and everyone knows buy low sell high right and it's just like the person was just taking the piss everything we're saying so but this person is a singlet wearing track panda shorts not shorts socks and jandler so this person, um, uh, I know from their conversation, they have a new mortgage. Um, uh, who gave this person the mortgage given the status? They got the mortgage and then... Um, I guess the lending is much easier now, but the state of them. Here's the thing, the next sentence. Okay. Left their job so that the government would pay for it. What? 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 Bought a house for $380,000. That's actually really good. Had a studio room out the back. Studio? like a, like a recording studio or a, like a i can only tell you what i heard what you heard okay. <laughs> paid three hundred and eighty thousand dollars and the valuation came back higher than that um they have to pay child support at the moment <sighs> okay yeah yeah i expected you'll like this next one they use gas hot water okay. you use gas you have a gas man no yeah i have a gas man why they use fill to set that up and yeah and they're with contact energy no, I just I just actually bailed on contact energy this week. Did you really? Now with Mercury. Maybe you need to tell this guy <laughs> why. Because they had an earpoints offer. <laughs> That's usually what does and it. And I did the sums and worked out what my bills would be and it was slightly cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um So yeah, like all of those things I now know about this complete stranger. Like those are fairly intimate details. I know exactly what they paid for so their house. I know that they quit their jobs or the government would pay for their house. I know. I that, don't understand uh, that bit. I really don't understand that bit. Like, I think it's similar to um, Patrick's brother. Remember where he bought his car? And they paid it off. Because they were working at a gas station. And, um, like, we've never said people's last names here, right? So I can elaborate on that. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't his real brother. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's keep giving more clues. Um, uh, got a job, uh, bought a new car that they're paying off, got fired from the job, so then their dole payments yeah. covered the payment for the car. So essentially, government bought them a car. That Yeah. That brother, I think it's that, similar to that. That brother fed a cat chips from McDonald's only and like, nearly killed it. What the hell? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that, that shows the state. Of, of that of that person unbelievable how's their car going yeah pretty good freehold yeah <laughs> um, nice car <laughs> i think it's uber driving these days is that right no I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a good use for the car it would be great car paid off um so with uh child support you can assume this person had some sort of a breakup so i know a little bit about their relationship history um house is uh sounds like a good investment paid 380 valued higher than that yeah i mean that's really good really i mean 380 for a house like that's incredible yeah like you, you wouldn't even um get like a cobblestone in parts of the country for that at the moment <laughs> would you what's a cobblestone cobblestone you mean like a cobblestone style house or no, like like a little cobblestone like a wee like sort of paving cobblestone why thing? would you pull that from why would you pluck that out of the air? It's a fun word to say. <laughs> <laughs> if I could choose a new last name, I could maybe I'll be Tony Cobblestone. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that Mr. Cobblestone? Yes, it's a table for one. It's like because you've got a horrible last name and no one wants to be seen with you. <laughs> exactly. Like, they wouldn't yeah, ask any questions. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yes, Mr. Cobblestone's here. Brilliant. Um, the other thing is um, to transition slightly towards where we're actually going with um, today's party. Um, we mentioned we talked about, um, uh, sorry, we mentioned we looked at some, uh, Bob Lazar, Netflix docos mm-hmm. and things like that. <clears throat> Another podcast I listened to this week or have started listening to this week is called 13 minutes to the moon. Okay. How do we feel on plugging other podcasts on our I'm podcast? Fine. I'm big for it. Big for big it. For it. <laughs> Can Shall makes, I makes leave me you big. alone for a while? Or? <laughs> makes me big. <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> um, I'm all for it. Let's just go. Hands where I can see them. Let's pal. just go with that. <laughs> um, Thirteen minutes to the moon is a BBC podcast, which is a thirteen-parter, um, and it's got a lot of recordings from the first mission to the moon, right? And covers um, what happened in the thirteen minutes leading up to touching down on the moon. Oh wow! Um, really amazing. Um, talks to flight directors and um, different areas of the whole uh what is it called ground control mission control mission control yeah and um i said ground control because yeah. i figured major tom was in there ground control to major tom <laughs> um so and then uh yeah outlines kind of the plan you hear actual audio where they say things like the 1202 um, which was a, a warning um that came up so that one little snippet on the radio of them saying we got a 1202 and then kind of traces, kind of pulls back and says, "Here's what a twelve oh two meant. Mm. Here's the guy who was in charge of knowing what a twelve oh two was. Here's all the implications of what could have happened if they'd made the wrong call around this twelve oh two, and and explodes out from there. Really interesting oh, okay. stuff. I, I might might get on that. Yeah, get on that. I'm gonna get on that. Get on that. You don't have to do it right now because we're recording our own to the moon. You say <laughs> we're recording our own podcast, and uh, people don't want to hear you add another one. Hold on, hold on. Just give me a moment. Just give me a moment, please. Thirteen minutes to the moon. There we go. If we type thirteen, yeah. subscribe to that. Five star rating, one hundred forty one ratings. Good on them. Yeah, get into it. Uh, really good stuff. And what surprised me was the average age of ground control <laughs> mission control, ground control during that mission do you have any idea you want to take a guess at the average age of mission control um at I'd the moment they touch down on the moon 33 27 wow that's crazy the guy in charge of this 1202 making the call whether or not to proceed with landing on the moon was, was 14 tw- was <laughs> was an eight-year-old boy yeah <laughs> <laughs> just finished his paper out yeah no he's 26 I couldn't even... What were you doing at 26? It uh, makes you so hot. I was doing at 26. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I think I had like a shitty car from the 1990s. <laughs> we may have made videos about it. <laughs> it's probably about that era. Yeah. I would have been still figuring out what the hell I wanted to do with my life. In short, when there's other people saying, 
go or no go for landing on the yeah. moon well two astronauts are I guess it's the 60s everyone was just like way more intense like people grew up faster you reckon yeah it was post-war pre-moon <laughs> well briefly the start of the podcasters <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah okay um who's currently downloading a whole lot of those episodes right now okay good if i break away and start listening to that, you might be <laughs> yeah. done your own okay um, that's right we both we both watched the doco we've both listened to the podcast so you, you know you can carry it if that wasn't enough um there is score added by hans zimmer oh it's just, just, it's just such a reward. Yeah. Hans Zimmer, for those that don't know, um, scored basically everything Christopher Nolan's ever Batman. done. Christopher Nolan, if you don't know, <laughs> did the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, Interstellar. Uh, what was the other one? Memento. Just amazing. Probably my top filmmaker, director of all time, and... Um, Hans Zimmer was the reason I now know composers' names. Quite like listen to the soundtracks that he puts out, like the yep. Dark Knight Rises soundtrack. Brilliant. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good if you're at work and need to get some epic stuff done. Um, if you need to be inspired and creative, yeah, like no more of this na 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 fucking nonsense. Yeah, I think that was all I had about that. One thing I was going to say about how young they were was. The age has kind of brought up another question in my mind of like, am I old? I've actually realized recently I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) The reason, the reason it pops into my head was I was, I'm thinking like, you know, you watch sports stars on TV. Like that's how it happened. This and that's exactly how it happened in this country. Every kid grows up wanting to be an all black, mm-hmm. and that's not a racist thing. That's the name of our national sports team. It, it is. Plays... We're two white guys who want to be black. <laughs> want to be all blacks. Yeah. So we want to be in the national rugby team, and and everyone mm-hmm. everyone who's a kid eats wheat bix, and they all assume they're going to grow up to be an all black. And at a certain point recently, I started to think maybe I'm not going to be an all black. Did it sort of like having a child also make that dawn on you a wee bit that, you know, that, you know, that's you, you're saying that, you know, essentially you're done for this world, having something else to replace you. <laughs> oh, like, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Um, thoughts creep in, but the other part that makes me realize is. Everyone our not, age is retiring. Because <laughs> that's what I've noticed. Not the child. It's how tired i am from the child <laughs> the child's really well behaved like and really good sleeper sleeps from 10 till 6 but it's the like constant interaction and stuff just mentally wears you out yeah. more than anything so i'll find myself easily able to fall asleep whereas previously i had like borderline insomnia had to listen to stuff to to be able to fall asleep at a normal hour but now i'm just out to it like last night fell asleep on the couch are you even a father if you don't fall asleep on a couch? I don't think so. <laughs> um, there I was watching 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. There you was, just a watching the TV. Singing, dude. It's just hard to sing. Yeah, um, I, I found the sport players retiring. It's like, yep, okay. The yeah. sports players retiring. Yeah, like 33, yep. 34. Like. Yeah, when they hit the 30s, right? They talk about they're like a veteran of the game. Mm. I'm like, but veterans of the game retire soon and I haven't even made it yet. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't even had my debut. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. Should we launch into this? Let's do that. Do you want, um, can we just start off straight away and just say um, from the outset, you've watched the doco, you've listened to the podcast. Do you believe them? Oh, that's a good question. Do you believe him? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do. I I think I do, yeah. I do believe him. I think I didn't, but the longer it went, the more believable it got. I um, I read some stuff, like, sort of, um, last night I was doing a lot of, sort of, there's a couple of other stories I saw about this, and, like, one linked to Bob Lazar, and it was, like, a list of Area 51 facts. Yeah. And it said about how he'd claimed to be there, and it was proven he was a fake. Right. And like they said, like he'd um, he'd done sort of you know he'd, you know studied at various places and um, he'd worked certain spots in certain areas, and it was all proven he was a fake. 
when actually in the documentary and in the podcast they prove that actually he did work in these places and mm. even though there's no evidence left there's literally a phone directory that has is it what is it was it white sands he worked at okay what was the um there was one place he worked at where los alamos los alamos national laboratory that's it yeah yeah so he had there's like a phone they found a phone directory that had his number on it yeah so there's no evidence of it there's no evidence with like payroll that they ever had a guy on their books yeah but they found a phone directory that has bob lazar and then they later found like a like an internal like the um like the los alamos like newsletter that has like a photo of him driving his like honda with a big jet engine on the back of it yeah and it's like Okay, there's actually some evidence. And he goes into this, because they didn't really cover it in the documentary that much, but they do say it in the podcast, where he doesn't want anyone to come forward and say anything about him. He doesn't want um, to name anybody because of the things that happened to him. Like, he talks about the discrediting stuff that happened and then just, like, IRS were auditing, um, all this other stuff that that, that occurred. Yeah. and like destroyed um, his life and everyone around him. Everyone lost around their, they him, lost yeah. their security clearances. Yep, everyone right. who was connected to him. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, okay. Now that I sort of see, uh, yeah, <laughs> why you probably don't want to talk about that. Yeah. He just seems really genuine. Yeah. And he's got answers to all the questions. He does. And, yeah. and they're quite like genuine answers. Like he hasn't had to struggle to think about it. Yeah. He sort of has something to say. And he doesn't want the limelight. He's not making money off it. He's donating any proceeds to like the high school yeah. science t- science <laughs> labs and whatnot. Yeah, to yeah. do these things. Yeah. Um, One thing um, I wonder if we kick in kick off with a bit of background because I think we just kind of launched into it there. But of who he is. So Bob Lazar was a guy who was building uh, jet-powered dragsters. So he was like in his 20s, so he was yeah. a youngie. Yeah, he was in his 20s as well, yeah. Um, and was uh, applied for some jobs at some national labs in the US and uh, eventually was hired to work in S4, which is um, sort of part of Area 51, yeah, you could so loosely he, say. he just had like a background check and everything, so they did a security clearance and yep. was like, okay, so somebody who turned up and did this, who they've later, again, they, they, they allude to the fact they know who this person is and the name has been mentioned, but they, again, don't want to say the name again because mm. of certain things, but they know the person, the person exists, did a background check and... Um, yep. Yep, good to go. Um, so worked... Uh, worked at uh, Area 51 where he was exposed to a bunch of um, documents uh, outlining all kinds of um, things that were going on there. It's like and your normal work induction. You'd start on the first day and they'd be like, okay, the toilets are here. This is the emergency procedures. It's like, this is what your, renum- uh, your remuneration, yeah. your numeration. This is how sort of your retirement savings. Uh, plus also we have nine alien spacecraft that came from uh, various sources. Some are archaeological, some are... Uh, interstellar um and also the uh evacuations are on your right if there's any ever ever any emergencies yes yeah um (laughs) essentially um so then was uh put in charge uh put into kind of pairs with another guy barry Barry? uh, and they were asked to look at a reactor of some kind that had come off of well they think had come off of a craft where um they had no moving parts. None of the parts were touching. No, but it, no wires. There's nothing like a traditional machine would have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was outputting energy um, and disturbing the gravitational waves around it um, without even producing any heat or movement. That's right. Um, and it was their job to basically look at this and reverse engineer it. So figure out how it worked and... Um, I guess in aid of then building our own one. Yeah, I guess like sort of, yeah, reverse engineer it to sort of understand how it works and whether we can. I think one comment that was made is 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 there technology on Earth that can be used to replicate this? Yeah. Um, and I think that he had replaced somebody who had the the conversation was he had uh, what passed away the person who had uh, he'd replaced who was Barry's former lab partner. Who, yeah. So there was it was. Like he, like he said, it was never made clear, but he got the feeling that um, yeah. something bad had happened to the previous person with his role. Yeah, some sort of potential story around the the the, 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 the previous Bob 
yep. had uh, drilled into the um yeah used the, the plasma cutter to, to try and get into yeah, it yeah <laughs> to try and like hack it open to look yeah. at how it works which didn't end very well and the analogy he uses time and time again is if you had a nuclear reactor and gave it back to scientists in victorian times yeah. and they tried to break it open um, they would all die of radiation, it's and like, then yeah, everyone like who came in like, to check on you've them. You've got like Jesus and the disciples sitting there at the Last Supper, and yeah. like they they serve up the bread, the wine, and a nuclear reactor. Yeah, and then they all die, and then anyone who comes to check on them also dies. Yeah, because they just don't know what they're doing with it. So he kind of got the feeling that maybe that had happened to his predecessor. Well, Jesus would be okay. He rose from the dead, but the others probably wouldn't be very good. Jesus is just all right with ye. Ye. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, he was in charge of that. Um, he he talked about when they turn on this reactor, um, it was he would try and you couldn't touch it. You'd try and touch it, and your hand would be pushed away, kind of like two magnets and the opposing force of two magnets. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and the harder you press, the harder it was to get to the touching the magnet. Mm. Um, which he theorized is if you flip that over, then that's how your craft is essentially lifting off or um, hovering above the ground. Um, because it's to do with this reactor affecting the gravitational waves around yeah. itself. So doing that, like, there's absolutely no way on Earth at present we can manipulate gravity in such a way. Um, and you talked about the fuel of this device being an element that at the time did not exist. Element mm. 115. That's right. Uh, which has since been uh, created, but in not a stable condition. Yeah. Whereas this, this element came with the craft and was the fuel of the craft and was very stable and interesting he goes into the fact that you know we had obviously coal and uh, fossil fuels and that, those type of things and maybe that element 115 wherever this craft came from and the the comment he did he, he heard it was it came from zeta reticuli which is if you're familiar with the famous betty and barney hill abduction mm-hmm. that's where um based on the star map that betty drew from the alien creature that showed the star map to her yeah points out zeta reticuli it's always been that the gray aliens have um been famously known to be zeta reticulants right so i think the star is like uh is it uh z z3 or something like that from uh zeta reticuli I'm um sure. something like that it's a binary that, star system yes right? exactly it's got, it's got two stars i think it was z3 yeah yeah z3 yeah. um so that potentially this element 115 is is in is abundance on that planet so as much mm. as we have coal and we have um you know we have oil that maybe element 115 is an abundance in there and it may have completely altered or changed the way that they developed transport of technology and and fuel mm. based on having you know, an abundance of this element a big uh, a big kind of cornerstone to the documentary though is taking the footage from 30 years ago when bob lazar he eventually um he got kind of he realized there was an injustice going on where there was technology that existed that wasn't made public and he said that that's not right to do yeah and you think about it he was in his 20s yep. he was famous for his rocket cars and was yeah. probably uh one's comment he sort of says is that they probably just got all these people through to try and work it out some would have died some mm. would have continued but he was a bit of a, a renegade and a bit like, of an outside the box kind of guy yeah and yeah. They, they were like oh we'll give bob a try kind yep. of kind of discussion and they gave bob a try and what bob did is he started taking people to um a site where he knew they could see the craft in action yep so he got a hold of the schedule where they tested the craft um so wednesday quieter (laughs) quieter evening on traffic and was like all right well we're going to go out here and film it yeah so the cornerstone to the documentary um is they're taking this footage from 30 years ago and there's things that he said 30 years ago that people back then apparently didn't believe him and then if we look at it now we can kind of trace back to um things that he said then that have been proven true Mm -hmm. since so um there's you know hand scanners that he talked about where he would have to sign in and it would he'd put his hand into this light and it would measure his bone length and his fingers or something like that and just even little details like you mentioned in, in, in the podcast uh, we saw the the bone scanner on uh, um the photos he, sh- he was showing on in the documentary and he would talk about ah oh, that the techs hated this piece of technology because it was it was useless it never worked properly and they were always trying to fix it yeah it's just like little bits like that where you sort of they're like oh okay like yeah. you was the <laughs> I, I just felt 
convincing um, yeah i agree anything that um it's those kind of little anecdotal flourishes that you can add on to you know the main story that kind of give it a bit more weight in a way um so andy um sort of like with the um with going out on that wednesday night and, and and filming those ufos in the sky and that activity in the sky that i mean that obviously happened so hmm. and he had people with him so you know something had to be happening for him to be able to say hey come with me out here i'll show you this and we're going to film this there yep. was clearly something in the sky <laughs> that he knew was about to happen so how did he know that i mean you can dismiss the whole story but at the end there is footage of the lights in the sky that were filmed by other people than him that were witnessed by people other than him mm-hmm. that occurred because he knew it was going to happen yep. so there's a piece there that says okay you know everyone of course is dismissing the story in various levels the government of course there was a, a fame. There was a famous part in the in the, in the documentary or the, or the podcast we talks about. Someone picks up the phone and says, "You know, that's it. We're going to get you." Yeah, sort of thing. Um, and you know, destroyed his whole background, his credibility, everything. But you know, that was because he got caught, and people went out there and saw something that he was able to show them. So the only bit that he could ever prove, I guess, is that something was happening and come with me and see these lights and film them, which they did. Yeah. So some, you know, he must have known something for it to be that. And like you see the footage and it's stuff that conventional aircraft can't do. Yeah, um, yeah like uh, Joe Rogan says, it's as if you shine a laser pointer at the mm. wall and shoot it back and forth, that's the movement that this craft yep. was making in the night sky. Um, so other kind of notable thing, notable mentions that he touched on is he said there was nine craft of varying shapes and sizes. Um one of which is an uh, was discovered from an archaeological di- uh, dig, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. One of them was uncovered in an archaeo or was it just the reactor? Uh, the craft it was, yeah. That's apparently how it was discovered in an archaeological dig. Yeah. Which um, is something I had actually heard previously in a, a, some time ago in another UFO law story. Yeah. Uh, and about recovering uh, craft that was found as in a- from ancient times. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's another one that was a bit shut up, a bit pranged up. Yeah, there was one that was on its side that had insurance some... claim against it. <laughs> had been an offender bender. Yeah, third party fire and theft. One that looked like a jelly mold. Um, and there was one he got to go inside because mm. they wondered if the proximity of the or location of the um, reactor was um, important to the layout of the yeah. actual cockpit and so he got to go inside and said it was built for people half his size and it was sort of three leveled the craft yeah. as well yeah top level was navigation bottom Navi- level was um like the flight deck and then the bottom yeah so middle level flight oh, sorry deck. middle level middle level flight deck bottom level was the um gravitational what did he call it distorters type thing so yeah. essentially it was like like a garbage garbage can on a stick that yeah. would move around to distort distort gravity yeah um and that the actual inside the craft there was not a right angle in sight it was all kind of like it'd be blended into another there were sort of three seats sitting around yeah um there wasn't a screen or a control stick or anything um but there was the way for the craft to go um translucent yeah through these archways yeah which um if you read secret machines and when uh the source of flies and secret machines it's like Hmm. This, this seems very familiar. There's no controls and there's no windows. Yep. Yet you're controlling it with your mind and you're seeing as if you're around translucently through the craft. Yep. Just a secret machine throw out there. Just a- yeah. Well, that actually is um, is one thing I was going to touch on. Is um, I don't know if you recall Tom DeLong was on the Joe Rogan podcast as well. Yes. Uh, a while back and um. So I re-listened to some of that this afternoon as well. Nice. Okay. Good stuff. And uh, one, the similarities between um, what Bob Lazar is saying and what is in the book Secret Machines is like, it's uncanny. Mm. There's um, a bunch of discs. They're at Groom Lake. They're at Area 51. They operate the same way. They look the same. They're, they're described the same way. Um, the Even the way they fly, the way they hover is described in the book in the same way that it's described in this documentary um the interesting thing for me was when i I don't know why when joe rogan was interviewing bob lazar he was right into it loved it every minute of it 
said he's been following yeah. him his whole life all of this for me if i rewatch the tom DeLong one joe rogan was just outright rude like um what didn't believe him have you heard it no i haven't so i know he's been on it but i haven't actually there's parts of um tom DeLong on the joe rogan thing where he says oh uh, he's talking about the tr3b which yeah. is essentially uh that's a v-shaped um uh, craft that is supposedly built in area 51 yes um and which maybe is built with the the, same the reverse engineering exactly. secrets that have been developed after the, you know the predecessors of bob and, and co exactly so tom DeLong helps them uh look up some stuff about the tr3b and while he's out of earshot joe rogan's whispering into the microphone how tom DeLong's nuts he's crazy this what? sounds ridiculous i can't believe this guy believes this blah 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 it's just outright rude whoa okay. um it sucks yeah and yeah i couldn't believe it but um to go from that that's kind of why i wanted to what listen to the joe rogan one about bob lazar because i couldn't believe the the paradigm shift from one to the yeah, other he, when uh, he says i mean joe rogan says outright i believe you yeah and, I and he's just alleging the same things <laughs> yeah if you look at the the things that they're saying they're actually saying the same thing tom DeLong and bob lazar um and they're even talking about the same uh pieces of footage the tic tac ufo that yes. um that got released by to the stars academy and um all of the uh things like that yeah unbelievable um it was actually pretty hard to listen to the one with tom DeLong on it to hear how dismissed he was being and it, it might just be that because there was a lot of um tom DeLong saying you know and i met with some people when they told me some stuff and joe rogan would say what stuff what people and he'd say i can't tell you yeah well, he, could, he can't reveal the sources yeah I mean, the whole part of that so whether he just kind of um had a go at him because he wasn't giving him what he wanted and there was a lot of stuff that said i can't talk they said i can't talk about it but it's in my book so i wonder if he just kind of that, that didn't gel with him that maybe he just thought he was trying to push his book yeah um but yeah i would i'd recommend listening to both of them um listen to bob lazar wind, first and I'll listen to, the, uh, to tom DeLong yeah i don't know why you didn't why you'd invite someone onto your podcast and be and so then, disrespectful like that yeah. yeah especially when you're clearly in in the episode uh, that we listened to today or uh, this week declare your undying love for, the, <laughs> for them <laughs> that tony guy i can't He's just crazy. I don't even know what he's talking <laughs> so about. So he's like got headphones on. I can hear what he's oh, saying. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just addressing the listeners. Yeah, no matter so how. Disregard. You, you, you can whisper. Disregard. Still hear what you're saying. Agree to disagree. You, you can't say that. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I hear every word you're saying. <laughs> when you whisper into the mic, I only hear it more clearly, I think. Guys, I think he's on to us. He's like still. Right. Uh, headphones, well, remember. Remember. Remember your headphones. Like, do you think that the headphones are like they're not like transmitting this like the sound it's like it's actually that, like, they're like earmuffs oh like, it's just what's um, going on i was just addressing someone else to just we'll just move another on another call another line just, yeah, yeah yeah don't worry about it so in the doco bob gets raided <laughs> yeah like the beginning opens which is sounds like it well, it seems like it's a setup of a i mean the raid is His, at the end it seems to reveal yeah a real raid but the beginning open of the doco opens with bob being raided yeah so that would be my only thing is um this documentarian is a filmmaker entertainer Mm -hmm. all of those things i know for a fact like because i think everyone does it to some extent but i'm kind of i'm quite aware of the what what it takes to get a shot onto film yeah and the amount of times that this that the camera is sitting staring at a uh, you know a moody room with an empty mm. a, an empty kitchen and a and a documentarian at a table on about eight different angles um doing the same action and cutting between them it means that they've had eight setups yeah. shot that thing eight times it seemed pretty fake to be made to, to be honest and it, yeah. it, it unfortunately um when you look at I mean, the, the most credible thing in that documentary is when Bob Lazar speaks openly about his experiences and going, he, 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 you know, that he doesn't, he doesn't 
he doesn't profess at all to be uh, interested in UFOs. He likes technology. Yep. And whatever it is, he's just fascinated by it. Um, the raid piece, like all those uh, text messages that are coming through, it all seems very fake. Yeah. When they duck off to the forest and he talks about, oh, take your phone out of your pocket. I'm going to record this on this camera and um, this audio device and then I'll duplicate it twice and that's it. And um, they claim that the next day they were raided and the footage was referenced by the people doing the raid. Um, I don't know why you would say it's on this camera and this audio device, but nowhere else, and then cut to a different camera. Like, there was one point where you get a side-on shot of him in the same scene. Like, that's not real. (laughs) It cannot be what you are saying it is. No, it can't be. Um, So that's the only bit that I felt, um, and I felt that was for cinematic purposes that they yeah. did that um because he's got a doco to sell and wants to grab it of, of that but i guess for like the true believers it detracted from it and made me question it yeah it's the only time i questioned it to yeah. be honest was that sort of behavior yeah um and the reason that's in there is because you can't just have an hour and a half of an interview with a person yeah it just doesn't work like that though i um i watched a really fascinating documentary on um it, it was on um, Amazon, and it was with dear departed Stanton Friedman. Of essentially, all it is is him standing at a lecture stand and oh, presenting yeah. it. I mean, some people can, pull and it, it was off. fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, again, if you're interested in the topic, I think anyone who was who I think I mean, they've got all these cut over, you know, cut in bits with Mickey Rourke doing this voiceover stuff. That's all oh, yeah. a bit artsy fartsy, and it's sort of like, to be honest, I'd rather just hear Bob's story. Yeah. Like I would rather just hear that but i, I understand there's you know there's a there's a market bigger than me as a ufo enthusi- enthusiast who wants to see this they're trying to oh make god. this oh my god he finally admitted it's not <laughs> shut up bitch finally he said it's not all about him <laughs> we're getting to him guys we're gonna wear it's a now. breakthrough isn't it it's a <laughs> breakthrough moment <laughs> oh sorry what could you hear that it's not all about me oh, um oh my god he said it do you think the fbi raid at the end actually happened i don't think so i think um any of the raid stuff to me is um dubious um it kind of lines up that if they um suspected him of having taken any of element 115 yeah, for himself so, so yeah so that's what that's what essentially that's what, the nature that's of the raid are. yeah it's saying the nature of the raid is yeah um then i think he probably has been but i think the raid the fact that it's at the start the middle and the end of the documentary was a um a device that gives the whole story structure yeah because essentially that's the that's just interstitch interstitials um cut between interviews with bob straight to the camera just in different environments that's the only thing that's different is one he's in a chair on a deck one he's in a lounge one he's you know somewhere else another one he's drawing um you can't just have I'm talking to Bob for an hour yeah. and a half. They need to actually make something else out of it, and I think they've fabricated that part. Yeah, and and to be actually honest, to be honest with you and be upfront, I I preferred hearing from him on the podcast than the documentary mm-hmm. because he he told more, and I that's all that's what I want is I want to hear his story. I yeah. don't, I don't I don't want to, I mean again I know why they're doing what they do in the documentary. Yeah. Um, and obviously the podcast is catering to those people who are going to listen to it, especially because of, of of who he is and want to hear more. But um, I've known about Bob Lazar for a very long time, and and George Knapp and and, and, and all that piece. Um, and it was good to see George Knapp talk about it as well. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of credibility with George Knapp as, uh, in, in that piece. But he was the Juno who tried to who put the footage on the five o'clock news in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yep. An investigative reporter um, who did that. But yeah. I, I would rather hear, just hear you just hear want the that. facts right yeah, i do i want yeah. the facts and, and the source material and exactly and what and what bob lazar does is he he cut all that crap around that uh that you you know that's worked into the documentary all all the um cinematic effect of the um the mickey rook narration which i think is ridiculous and winds there's lots me of up. it i couldn't even understand no it winds me up that really wound me up i hated that bit and there yeah. may be people who like it but that, i really dislike that that's bit. where it pushes the documentary from uh a documentary into some whack job ufo yeah. program and that's right what, and that's and that's what i dislike about it is i think that this needs to we, we should be looking at this as science 
Yeah. This is what this is, and that's what Bob considers is. He doesn't think about. He doesn't. He's not interested in UFOs and all that stuff. He said, "Look, I like the science behind it, and that's what interests me. It's the science." Um, the discovery of a potentially uh, a, a different species um, technology yeah the, the technology behind who you know about what we've got here and where it's come from and what it does like yeah. that's the stuff that fascinates me yeah I, I didn't like the rest so but I know that doesn't play everyone and I was quite happy to watch that Stanton Friedman documentary a couple of weeks ago which is just him at a lectern in like 1996 yeah <laughs> like it was and it's it's not great but mm. the content that he says and the respect I have for him as as as, as, as a ufologist a ufo researcher is so high that I, I was i was hung on every word yeah and the same thing with bob lazar like i really enjoyed just hearing what he had to say um so yeah it's he the, convinced me not the documentary not the mickey rock thing not the fucking stupid raid nonsense that they yeah. got in there that yeah. irritated me to no end and the the part the other part to add on to that is the raid part but it's all shots of the person making the documentary yeah it's like you've gone and like raid you've gone no. and like set up a camera so that you can point it at you and look anxious because you need a shot of someone looking anxious also normally how low his phone battery was in that like i don't on, notice man, charge your fucking phone <laughs> <laughs> all this technology i do yeah it's, speaking of phones i now have the uh, iphone uh 10r which has the best battery of any iphone at all so yeah but i'll be honest, i haven't charged this at all today 72 percent yeah that's amazing for an iphone okay for an iphone <laughs> <laughs> even you add the caveat um well like i noticed when i i listened to it all morning i listened to podcasts and stuff this morning getting ready for work jumped on the car and it was still at 99 percent it's like oh my that is pretty good. Yeah. Whereas in the past, my phone would have been at like 70 something percent by the time I got in the car to drive to work. So mm. I had to charge it on the way, charge it when I got there, charge it on the way home. Yeah, mine's constantly charging. Yeah. I've got a charger, like a contact charger at work, mm. contact charger at home, contact charger in the kitchen when I'm cooking. <laughs> um, yeah, they just follow me around. Yeah. Just don't put it on the element and unfortunately melt the phone. Yeah. <laughs> could happen. Uh, Anything I, else to add yeah. into Bob Lazar? Um, I would also echo that. Um, I would say go to the Joe Rogan podcast before the doco, mm. uh, or if you, no, sorry, the doco is good as well, but if you, if you're a podcaster anyway, try that one. Um, it'll be horses for courses to be yeah. honest. Some people will like the, the Netflix documentary more. Oh, they will. And I think maybe those people who no disrespect to the amount is involved in the, intricacies of the subject might uh, enjoy it more they which might. i assume is all of our listeners yeah they're all massive ufologists right <laughs> since we're so on the bleeding edge of ufology yeah given us like the uh, the fifth episode back since our hiatus since the first paranormal talk we've done um <laughs> yeah yeah um I, I guess the only thing that for me is that there's still a lingering question around the stuff that um is difficult to comprehend like some of the background piece around how there is no records of him here or you know there's there, i mean it, it goes to the point where though they explained that you know the birth certificate is gone yeah the the education history is gone the work history is gone yeah and his point is well i work in a lab now something had to happen between um yeah. you know grade school and now exactly <laughs> exactly right and you know is there nobody who would come forward and say oh i was at mit mm. with bob lazar yeah or are they not doing that like does he not have uh, a lecturer who will say oh yes he was in my class yeah like is it there's no one who wants i guess maybe maybe they're all dead but um is there <laughs> nobody who wants to is there nobody who can come forward and say it or are they actually like when you hear about what he went through and he actually says in the podcast that like the greatest probably bit of motivation for uh, avoiding anyone else coming forward was what happened to him when yeah. they saw what happened to him is you know if that was me and if i was in that same situation i would like actually to be honest i don't want to come forward and deal with all that because mm. it's a huge change you see what's happened to him and you know the, the the disruption to your life as well as the the celebrity stuff yeah i don't i wouldn't want that and and also he said he kind of regrets it because in a way they've kind of heightened security now mm. so fewer people would come out yeah. not only because of the flack they'd cause but because now they know how to deal with it and um and you know smother it yeah so it was, I, was of, I was of two minds i was like is there not somebody who will just come forward and say yeah we know bob i mean we know that we've, you know they found him on a, a phone directory so they've, they've proven some of his employment elsewhere and you think about it he wouldn't have got uh, 
a, a job at something like Los Alamos, unless he had a qualification in the first place, they can't mm. just employ somebody who has no qualification, no schooling, no fucking birth certificate <laughs> at Los Alamos. Yeah. So there must have been something that yeah. was there, and clearly things have been hidden. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's I, I can put my I can see both sides of it, and yeah. uh, but I still believe what he says, and I, and I think that he has been. Um, subjected to a hell of a lot of crap by the government um because of that it's all that kind of that, and i hate saying that the government the government because that makes you seem like a conspiracy theory nut job yeah but there must be certain elements who are obviously running the security behind these facilities that are like we have to discredit this person because we want to do that and he does mention it was the 70s before the 80s it was much easier to make things disappear there was no facebook check-in from being at the library at mit or mm-hmm. you know being at a kegger Oh my god, he's a nut job. He's a government conspiracy <laughs> nut job. <laughs> anyway, I still believe him. Um, the only thing is, the only other thing is, um, my caveat: if I was to look at it with a uh, as a non-believer, mm-hmm. as a what's the word? Skeptic. Skeptic. I would say, uh, yes, he's convincing in everything he does doesn't necessarily mean i should believe him what i what i believe is he believes himself mm. so there's kind of a difference there yeah um so you know the way the way to pass a polygraph test is not to be telling the truth is to believe you're telling mm. the truth so there could be something in that as well uh, why he would have all of the answers to everything i'm not sure but um yeah there's another kind of aspect to it as well as if you were going to say i'm a skeptic and i'm looking at it then um that's another angle that you might take is that he believes himself which is why he's so convincing but i'm not debunking that yeah very good all right on that note we'll call that another episode of lights in the sky podcast catch you next week toodaloo he's a maniac get me out of here i can hear you help